Welcome to Smart Muslimer Podcast. Inshallah, if you find this podcast episode useful, please subscribe and tell your friends and family about Smart Muslimer. Also, good news, I have a newsletter and that's how we can stay in touch. To subscribe, please go to smartmuslimer.com. Details are also in the podcast notes. In the newsletter, I'll be sharing my book recommendations, productivity tips and online courses that I've created and also information about a new book that I'm writing called Smart Single Muslimer. Inshallah, it will help you to transform the way you approach love and relationships. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Farhat Dameen and um, I'll be speaking to Layla today and we are looking at um, the issues that young Muslim women who are living in mainly, you know, kind of um, UK, US, when it comes to marriage, it seems like, this is what I'm noticing, I don't know if you are as well, that um, it's become a bit harder to get married than it was maybe 20 years ago. So, Really, the point of this podcast is not to um, blame anyone for that. So it's it's very easy for um, for us as a community, as Muslims, to blame specifically to say, "Oh, the woman is the problem. The young girl, there's something wrong with her. She's got issues. That's why she, she's you know she's too fussy. You know, you know whatever. We, we've heard these excuses put on to girls. But what I'd like to talk to you about, and Alhamdulillah, I'm so happy that um, Layla's here to to discuss this with me because. Um, she is a young, educated Muslim woman who has friends and who herself has noticed these things. So I, I just want to let's let's jump straight into it and get find out what um, Layla thinks about this. So Assalamualaikum, Layla. Waalaikum salam, Farhat. Thank you for having me on. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for coming. How how's your day been so far? It's been great. <laughs> it's cold now, so <laughs> things aren't uh, as uh, as nice as they used to be in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's uh, well, yeah. I it was like it was raining a lot yesterday, and I couldn't go out for a walk. And I was thinking, oh no, what am I going to yeah. do? Um, but yeah, alhamdulillah, it's uh, it's you're right. Winter's finally here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so alhamdulillah. Okay, so so with this topic, so would you say marriage has become a bit of a struggle? when it, you know, uh, within your peer group and, and in your experiences, are, are Muslim women finding it difficult to get married? I would definitely say that Muslim women are finding it more difficult to get married in today's day and age. Um, and actually prior to us having this conversation, I did a little bit of digging online and I found that um, it seems to be that within the Muslim community and then also outside of the Muslim community, women as a whole, as a as a group, are struggling to find suitable partners that they want to settle down with. And obviously, speaking of those women that uh, are marriage-minded um, and have been marriage-minded from a younger age, um, they're finding that it actually they're having to delay marriage, not through any fault of their own, but because um, the circumstances are just not conducive to them finding that partner that they would want to spend the rest of their lives with. Um, so yes, I would say that on a sort of larger scale, uh, but then also just within my circle of friends, um, 
we've you know a lot of us have been wanting to get married for a very long time and um and for for various different reasons it just hasn't happened yet Mm -hmm. so okay so let's look at those reasons then um so what would you say is like one of the main reasons why it's become difficult what what's the issue that that sisters are facing so uh, this is actually a sort of uh, a very interesting question because the more i've looked into this the more it seems like it's not necessarily one particular reason uh but a sort of coalition of reasons that have come together um and in this article that i found um which talked about Muslim women and non-Muslim women and the different issues that they uh, are facing when it comes to marriage. They cited one of the main reasons as being uh, that, for example, women are much more just on a different, uh, uh, in a, sorry, in a different place than the men that are from a similar age group or the sort of men that they are looking to um, to get married to. And that's uh, regarding, say, uh, levels of education, um, their prospects in terms of career. Um, and then with men, just not necessarily uh, wanting to uh, settle down as soon as uh, women do. And so that bit is definitely from the non-Muslim perspective, right? non-muslim men not wanting to get married uh at, at in their 30s or in their 20s because they feel like you know they have a lot longer but then from the muslim perspective we have this issue within the muslim community of women where we we have had the same sort of messaging our whole lives that non-muslim women have had right mm -hmm. um which is that you know as muslim women you need to go ahead and you need to prioritize x y and z before marriage right and uh and growing up a lot of us have thought that way so we've thought okay i'm not going to think about marriage until this i'm not going to think about marriage until i've finished university until i have this uh sort of my career settled until um i've sort of come into my own and had these life experiences that i'm looking to have um and that's been something that then before you realize or before you know it's sort of caught up with you um but that's only one side of the equation right what happens to all of those women who didn't think in that mind frame mm -hmm. um but then through well let's say for example you've been wanting to get married from a young age but then um and this is a sort of another set of reasons then um that this hasn't happened the way that our society is configured now uh, you might turn around and say, okay, I'm 20 years old now, maybe I should start thinking early and mm -hmm. sort of be ahead of the curve and start looking for marriage. But then because of the way that uh, people don't really interact in the way that, that they used to, uh, like in my parents' generation where there was a community, say, of, of uh, other Muslims, other young eligible Muslims who were sort of around, like you sort of knew about them and um and because of this community people would were more likely to recommend one another people were more likely to sort of just uh meet in a in a vague way <laughs> in a sort yeah. of halal way and then you know approach their parents about the matter and what we're seeing is regardless of which sort of mindset you've been in as a muslim woman of uh, if you thought to yourself, I'm going to sort of sort myself out and be okay. And there are various reasons why women might think like this. Um, and then on the flip side, 
if you if you're the sort of woman who thinks okay you know what I'm young I'm going to start looking now um you're going to come into obstacles mm. um so I hope that answers yeah so it's interesting <laughs> you know, I've, I've definitely noticed um like nowadays um a young Muslim woman will think and, and it is very the thinking is very similar to the way your average um non-Muslim woman will, will think that yeah I'm going to study I need to travel I need to save money maybe get my own flat move out um have a group of friends like have a very active social life um and even there is the creep the idea doesn't creep in that i don't i don't need a man why do i need to get married mm-hmm. there is like up to let's say it goes from the 20s to 25 and i'm not um I, i'm not passing judgment here i'm just illustrating it, it, it is a fact that this is a way of thinking that's been adopted by all like many women um that mm-hmm. why do i um I, I can ha- I can have fun. I can go out. I can, and if I was married, would I really get to do these things? You know, what? Why? What's the like benefit of getting married when I've got a very full life and I can go out and eat and I can come home late? You know, like no one's. You know, especially if your parents are kind of you know kind of very flexible and they they don't ask too much of you as far as housework or, or they're quite lenient. Um, and and that has. Uh, and I see that thinking is basically like when I similar to the non-Muslim girls at university that I was with um so yes yeah, so I, I totally see see that that there's a del- a mental delay um but I guess the so because that was one of your first reasons questions where does that where would you say that has come from that um you know that those set of ideas so for the Muslim community I feel like it's actually coming from two places so on one hand you're completely right in that we've been receiving the same messaging that non-muslim women have been receiving this sort of i don't need a man culture Mm. and um you know throughout all of these pop culture um movies and tv shows and uh, and celebrities we see this uh, recurrent theme of to be a strong woman to be Mm. um to be considered a sort of woman that other women will respect you need to prove yourself and you need to uh, have done all these things and you need to make sure that you can um that you can be without a man you know Mm -hmm. um and so that's on one side this idea that I don't know I guess it's it's a very sort of it is a very feminist idea um but then for Muslim women, I'd say that the second thing that really affects us, um, and of course it depends what uh, community you're from. Um, but so for me, for example, I know that um, I, come from, uh, I come from a background where um, we came to this country as refugees, right? Mm-hmm. and we we suffered a lot of strife in that sense and for a lot of communities like mine uh what happened was that in the turmoil of moving and coming to europe and and going through all the struggles that my parents went through my mum found herself having to be a lot more independent having to um to support her kids uh you know my mum and dad were separated for a long time physically separated for a long time mm-hmm. and so she was having to take on this sort of single mother role even though she wasn't a single mum and so for a lot of communities where this is the reality um, Muslim mothers have turned to their daughters and said listen you need to figure out how to be okay without a man mm-hmm. um, and it's true that of course you know 
even on both ends of the scale it is we do as women need to make sure that we can uh, provide like look after ourselves yeah, rather yeah, than provide for ourselves but that we can look after ourselves um because anything can happen but that is a very sort of pragmatic way of looking at things um and what i think the issue is that sort of pragmatism that uh, mothers ha- have wanted to um give to their daughters have has been internalized in a way where alongside the general um, a sort of anti-male movement of feminism mm-hmm. um, women have thought have been sort of I think uh, been made to feel against the idea of wanting a man in their life at all mm-hmm. right and so it's like this sort of mental block where you're just like okay um, I do in a sort of abstract way want to get married I mean I'm not speaking for myself <laughs> specifically mm-hmm. but women thinking I do want to get married in an abstract way but then actually uh, resisting the idea in a very real way where they're not um, taking steps to find a husband or they're not uh, they're not interacting with the idea of marriage in a way where they're actually seeing this other person as somebody who is uh, going to come into their life and and have you know rights upon them the way that a husband would so in a sense it creates this power struggle of okay I'm a woman and I have this feminine energy but then at the same time I want to be a man and I want to be in this masculine energy Um, it actually reminds me of something else that I read which was I thought was really funny was how um a lot of women become the man that they want to marry (laughs) (laughs) so so you see all these women who have these really fancy degrees have these really fancy jobs and then in a partner they're saying well I want the exact same thing if I could do it then I require a husband who also has it (laughs) but then it's like well you went and did it so that you are that husband so it doesn't make sense yeah that's true is they you know young Muslim are facing a dilemma there is a real it's it's not nice I, I, for them that they're in that situation because then put into what you've just described your natural you know instincts and feelings that you have that to um I, I mean my dad was really funny that he used to pretend that we don't have he used to like think we were androgynous or had no feelings or had no instincts <laughs> or didn't even know that the opposite sex existed that and and he's like yes. as if yeah um <laughs> like yeah you don't need to get it was you're gonna get mad but somehow and but the, and the thing is that that's like a really silly you know mentality to have and I know some Muslim parents like the fact that they won't talk to kids about sex education or like it's you know it's like doesn't exist um and this is the same that I think what we um we can't deny that whilst you're working and earning money and you've got everything you want um internally you want to have companionship you, you want to have someone to love you want to have kids even though you know when you see how it's extremely hard raising kids um, but there is that, you know, when people, they, they will say, but you know, the clock's ticking and your biological clock. And what one solution for some women is that they then, you know, for non-Muslim women is that they will get sperm donors and they will adopt, you know, they'll find a way or even, okay, what we need to realize for them, they have the, choose the option of just having a boyfriend or having one night stands. That's, you know, with the, with the advent of the explosion of all these dating apps, which, um, you know, like Tinder and we know that that's the channel that they then choose to fulfill their desires. But for a Muslim woman, then that's not an option. So mm. 
but then we see uh, let's not pretend that, that we muslim women don't and men of course don't choose that option but you can see that ends up being a problem that when we delay marriage or think i don't need then something you know it's kind of opening the door to shaitan a little bit do, do you do you yeah, notice that as well I do. I think in a couple of different ways, actually, because another thing that I've come to know is that um, for a lot of women, and subhanAllah, these are sort of the whisperings of Shaydan, right? Um, That, say, for example, a sister is a hijabi and she's sort of very sort of modest in her appearance and in her online presence. um, And the older a lot of women get, the more I think the ideas come to the heads of well maybe I'm not attracting anyone uh, or the right kind of guy that I want because I'm not you know um because I'm wearing the hijab or because I'm I'm not sort of posting the sort of pictures that will gain a man's attention and there's a lot I've seen to sort of um what is it give credence to this idea because on the flip side I can't tell you how many times I've come across stories where, you know, there is a particular girl who's very wears very revealing clothes um, online and where doesn't wear hijab, um, and you uh, gets a lot of attention from men and say one of these men marry her, yeah. but then he then wants to turn her into the hijab wearing uh, niqabi oh <laughs> after marriage. So it's a very sort of it's a two sort of prong, two-pronged sword where on one hand um, the behaviours of men is signalling a particular reality for Muslim women out there mm. right which is unless you look a certain way you're not going to get the attention and we can talk about you know Instagram and how these apps have uh, have contributed to creating this idea um, but then on the other hand you have Muslim women sort of being imbued with these insecurities of okay um i present myself a certain way and society is telling me that women like me are often go overlooked so then what can i do what what clothes can mm, i remove yeah. what can i um what, what steps can i take to attract a male and so you know it's it's a very difficult uh, situation to be in and it does get exasperated the older mm. you get yeah that's that's very true and uh and the thing is that i think it's you know you know it's so easy now to you know any of the you know it's twitter instagram or um you know a guy men and women can just dm each other so easily and that's it and then it begins like i was speaking to um a relative of mine and he was saying that um and this is so funny because i i'm not in that world um Mm -hmm. and um and he was saying yeah that he goes that's the way he goes they you dm you know people dm each other and then he goes it's like they're dming dming each other based on the 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 photo you know the photoshop the um filtered image you know the um on the screen and then and then they start talking and they have this they're under this illusion and it's so so this is that oh i'm talking to them so i can get married to them and you think, but hold on, you've been doing this for 10 girls now. So um, <laughs> it's, you're not. Why don't you just be honest that that's not what you're doing? You're just DMing girls and, um, and then you dump them and the, or they dump you. So it's, it's equal. Um, but then that's not good. You know, that, that makes because you keep thinking, oh, I'll find someone better. I'll find someone better. You know, someone who fits this unrealistic criteria I've got in my head. Uh, but, but what's interesting, he was saying, he goes, they will not marry the, that girl. Because hunch because his friends you know, they will they don't marry that girl that they DM on online 
it's it's just a it's a fantasy and you know getting them to send photos of themselves it, it's it's just like an online dance that in real life they wouldn't be able to do that how are you going to get a hijabi to send you photo you know meet up with you or anyone to be honest to to reveal themselves to you but you can get them to do it online and then once they've done it and whatever you need to do then you just get you, they're, they're like garbage you just chuck them away but girls do that to boys as well you know so we're not um so that isn't a that is not the way it's not an honest or even long term like i'll tell you something else Ching, he said that he goes um and and uh when i was speaking to nadia a couple of episodes ago as well she was saying that the phenomenon of affairs and like um relating female relationship well no once once people get married let's say you do this that you like you said mm -hmm. a girl feels the way to get married is she changes her whole look and then yeah. she she gets gets married to a guy but then um what they were both saying was that's if you're used to getting that attention online and then suddenly you get married um you don't just switch it off you don't like tell all the guys right. that you were in touch with you can't all women you can't dm me anymore they're all still there and then once your husband you have an argument with your husband or he's not giving you attention because they go straight back to those people who did give them attention mm. so in the Gosh, long yeah. term and i and i thought yeah that's really true um it's not that's not a route that will bring happiness yeah. um and it's so interesting because even as you're describing the sort of situation that people end up in now, it occurs to me that a lot of uh, women, and I suppose men, but women more so, end up wasting their best years, if you can call them, mm. call them that, you know, a lot of their youth um, on these relationships, these haram yeah. relationships. I mean, if we can be frank about them. Yeah. Um, regardless of you know whether or not it's just completely online or not they start this sort of emotional attachment this emotional drama um and then it takes a long time for them to bounce back from that even after it's ended and um and i think that you're completely right in in of course this is this is across the board but it's just yet another thing of how is the messaging that women uh, muslim women are receiving affecting the choices that they make when um when looking for a husband right i think coming um coming into this culture what we're finding is that the concept of femininity is completely uh, butchered mm -hmm. and this is something that i've even noticed within non-muslim trends right it's, you're seeing uh, and it's quite sort of i think uh, like a bit underground at the moment but it feels like there is this resurgence of uh, women who are pushing back against feminism, who are saying, actually, we want to, um, we want to be, we want to live in the feminine energy, you know, that we have as women, as uh, the sort of God-given thing that we've we've been um, we, that we've got, where we don't want to be the men, we don't want to be like men, we want to be in relationships where we are uh, women. And what does that mean? It means understanding um, what it is that you bring to the table as a woman, right? Mm. And I think as Muslim women, we are often denied the education of what it means to be a woman. Um, and I think it's because, well, I think maybe because 
when it comes to education unfortunately a lot of us just take straight from um from the non-muslims you know we don't really um like what we do educate uh, our children with regards to islam is not really so much about um what the deen tells us a woman is like a woman is to be it's more just what culture expects from you uh, and that's sort of what's taught individually in the homes and oftentimes that's not very conducive to a healthy uh, self-perception and a healthy marriage later on mm. but to, to, for us to sort of understand that there is uh, a, a femininity that exists that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us and to really internalize that and then to understand also what masculinity is mm. um and what how men think differently to us i think having this sort of perception understanding would be very helpful and very useful when um later on when looking for a partner because then you're not projecting onto men um what women expect in a relationship right uh, yeah. what women expect uh, in a marriage um and and i suppose vice versa um a lot of the time and I think going back to what we were saying about women dressing a certain way and, and uh, giving certain affordances to men that are against the deen and that uh, are sort of degrading to their own personhood. If a woman, if women were taught very clearly from a young age, look, these are the sort of parameters um, that you should have. And these are the sort of things that uh, men would do to uh, overcome them if they if the, if their intentions are not good um i think that that would that would really protect women a lot more because i think the trap that a lot of women are falling into is not knowing actually um what how they how how the correct way of going about um, marriage is mm-hmm. um and then also what the sort of psychology of you know in a very sort of abstract way of course generalizing but what the psychology of men are so that they can they have the tools then to go into this these uh, interactions with men in a in the correct way protecting themselves first and foremostly yeah you're so yeah i think that's is such a good point that i really want like i know um for sure I was told nothing um, but alhamdulillah yeah. that's because my mum was told nothing um I don't mm. know how they parents and the, you know anyway that's fine that was the that's the way it was done but you're right a conversation with your daughter and and of course like right, where this is a, a podcast for women but really this could all be applied to men and guys as boys as well that sitting down and finding out yeah the nature of men and women what does Islam say about what a man is like there's a really good book by this, this brother with podcast mind heist brother amin he i can't um really bad no that's that's the only name he gives actually but um he was on i put he he had a conversation with my husband um in his podcast um thinking muslim and i put it on, on here because there were so few um discussions about what it means to be a muslim man and masculinity yeah. and the qualities but then on the um like it's interesting when discussions are about muslim women it will be okay of course modesty that's fine but you're right as far as how to un- know when a guy is um you know basically you know like playing with you and he isn't serious and how to keep your self-respect you know what to, kind of conversations that that is 
is very lacking in our communities i don't know why it's just i know it's difficult that's why that's why it's not talked about mm. they're not it's and it's embarrassing and it's you have to say things and um but the point is what's what's the alternative the alternative is what we have now we're young we should girls. avoid at all yeah. costs and then you turn 20 something and then everybody's yeah. like why are you not married yeah exactly that is <laughs> no. so true but it's um no one's talking to young girls about this um young women and educating them and also now this is i think i'll tell you this is might be another reason is that you then as a when you see like i um when i see young girls walking down this road of their that's leading to unfortunately i see it leading to them unfortunately you know, not getting married living you know they might have a lot of money and they might have status mm-hmm. they might have a good job but they're not going to unfortunately get married and have kids now uh, now there's a reason Eleanor knows best there's a reason why we're told to get married and have families Eleanor knows why and um when we decide okay i'm not going to go to make that a goal I'm going to make what, um, you know, feminists like, uh, you know, uh, who's the latest, you know, like modern day feminists are telling me they're setting our goals instead. I think mm-hmm. that we have to think why, why are we allowing a bunch of women from Mary Wollstonecraft to Gloria Steinman to Emma Watson to Malala Yousafzai, you know, why are you letting mm-hmm. them tell you yeah. what's important and what's mm-hmm. what your goals should be i think that's a question we need to ask ourselves um, yeah and also it's just so bizarre because in listening to these women we are oftentimes going against our own very nature right and what happens is you know deep down the things that you want you know that if if um marriage and children are um are very very important things to you and they are to a lot of women muslim and non-muslim and actually more often than not i see this sort of heartbreak of realizing that you know oh i might not actually be able to have children like i've seen that heartbreak in non-muslim women um who come to their mid-30s or late 30s and think my god like what if this actually doesn't happen to me or for me and it's it's a very very sad thing because it's this you've seen these people year for years and years for decades um deny their own nature and deny themselves the the truth of admitting that they want these things and then suddenly it's too late you know Mm. and so alhamdulillah for a lot of muslim women i wouldn't say that it's the same in that um we're so outward in our desire but I think a lot of women do internalize this this I mean going back to the beginning of our conversation this thing of I don't need a man I like wanting a husband wanting a family shouldn't be a goal in your life you know Mm, and for you to make it a goal is for you to degrade women Mm, yeah Yeah, that's true that Um, really is true that's yeah that's the sort of overall messaging of of feminism is Mm. is you know um for you to want these things it's for you to what, what do they say like take us back to a yeah. time when women were oppressed <laughs> yeah know? that's it and I and I just think you know Emma Watson in particular when I I know people look up to maybe there's someone else now uh, uh, but um yeah she really does project that thing that I'm a successful actress I'm I I don't need you know I I don't need a boyfriend no one needs to tell me how I should dress like it's like she's a role model <laughs> and I think yeah and and for many muslim women now unfortunately um let's also talk about the um 
we, so we there do you think that there's a certain amount of vilification of women who are choosing for whatever you know or circumstances have um you know not allowed them to get married at the moment do you think sometimes they actually get angry at men because they're being vilified by certain men not all we're not painting everyone generalized but online there seems to be this trend yeah i think that on both i think there's a lot of anger on both sides right like there's a lot of um so interestingly enough i think this is it goes into sort of alt bro space i don't know if if you're familiar with this term but uh on the other side of feminism is this like movement i don't know if it's died down in the last few years but this movement of men who are sort of trying to push back against that and we see a lot of muslim men subscribe to the ideologies of this right where they uh sort of beat down on women any chance that they get because it's like any anything a woman says or any assertion that a woman makes it's like oh you're a feminist <laughs> you know yeah. and and they are outraged by the idea of women having um thoughts and, and you know uh able to think independently <laughs> but mm-hmm. so what i notice with a lot of these spaces this all sort of all pro spaces is a deep vilification of women in general and a lot of that being concentrated towards um women who reach a certain age and then aren't married Mm -hmm. and I think what I've noticed with this is that um well first of all the whole discourse is it's it's made into uh, it's simplified and made into well you had your chance and you blew it (laughs) that's um and and it's a, a sort of very smug position to come from because a lot of these men think to themselves well I'm a man I have you know all my life to start a family you're a woman you don't by you know this biological reality that you're facing um and if you and it's almost like they're taking out on women in general but specifically i think oftentimes in their minds on those women who rejected them when those women were 20 and attractive or you know that's how they speak you know it's like you know those women attract uh, uh, those women sorry um they rejected them and now it's like haha look at you you can't have children so it's oh, it's okay. an extremely petty <laughs> yeah so, and um yeah and and so okay because we we know that online um again um uh people are on uh will be extra nasty online because they can get away with it there's no you know it'll be an anonymous um name they're using and that kind of yeah. emboldens people to say things that they wouldn't say in real life to a person's face so that that can be you can see that happening and and generally um we know that you know the nasty at the loud you know it's a bit like in school the the um you know the most disruptive noisy kid would get the teacher's attention and dis Mm. um and cause problems for everyone so it seems the same bit online that seems to be the one who makes the most noise you know chomp is an example um they get the most attention yeah. Um, and then they get to but then but the thing is that they don't represent um everyone but they, it's just because they're making the most noise that's why they're getting heard yeah absolutely um although i do feel like one of the issues with these sorts of people is that they because they're getting heard and because they're so loud mm. uh they 
inevitably attract people who were on the cusp of thinking like that or who probably Mm. didn't think of that before but then are persuaded into this mode of thinking um and and then it sort of snowballs from that right so i do have a couple of quotes from one such individual (laughs) (laughs) and who was speaking specifically about muslim women Mm. and he says this he says and obviously a lot of this stuff is you know i'm just going to go into it yeah um (laughs) So he says, uh, first of all, he says that after women pass 30, they lose a lot of their shine to men, right? Men are immediately, suddenly, magically, you know, not attracted to them. (laughs) Um, And that disqualifies them. And then he says, nobody owes you marriage. You made the choices you made to pursue your career and pursue your education, to get your useless undergraduate and graduate degree in feminist dance therapy. And you made the choice to enslave yourself to another man because you didn't want to be a slave to your husband, i.e. you're enslaving yourself to your male boss instead. And you made these choices and now you're 35 and alone and you're fat and your eggs have run out and you might not be able to have a child and you want Muslim men to, ha- to take one for the team and marry you. And then, wow. So that's the first quote. And then he says, um, and then he's sort of comparing Muslim men and Muslim women. Like I said, sort of a sort of pat on the back for Muslim men who can have children well into their 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also goes on to say that Muslim men, like the older they get, the um, the more their sort of financial status improves, their social status improves. And so they become only more attractive, whereas women have until 35 and then that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says... Um, now there are all these 35 year old women uh, almost going on spinsters <laughs> who wants to marry men in their prime uh, why should we pay for these mistakes that you made uh, in not getting married when you had the best prospects in getting married that's not our problem uh, what you should do instead is uh, use your prime years of life to get married and then you have after that all the time in the world to pursue your education and career and so i think so this is obviously from a conversation um, and, and a podcast episode uh, around which there was a lot of outrage, mm-hmm. uh, I think rightly so, <laughs> um, because this sort of language uh, and especially the way that he packaged his message was extremely, um, well, it was cruel really to mm. women of a certain age who have these problems. And like I said before, he's it was very... Um, it's it's a massive simplification of circumstances right to turn around and say well you made your bed now lie in it just completely removes so much of the very rich context around people's individual circumstances and also absolutely removes um what we as muslims believe which is that ultimately what is meant for you will be regardless of what Mm. um you know uh what like what is it that even if it's uh, between two mountains you know it will come for you and isn't marriage one of those things not saying of course that people don't tie their camel but we do have to afford some space for the fact that Allah's mantala's plan is going to unfold no matter what Mm. um but and and it really surprised me to find that there's so many Muslim men who uh, resonated with this um but also it disappointed me greatly to to see that very few Muslim men were picking up on the etiquette in which this person was speaking about his sisters mm. in Islam, right? Yeah, yeah. To turn around and to vilify other Muslim women. Um, and 
and even in the surrounding conversations to sort of laugh about it and 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 pretend like this isn't an issue it's just like a community issue it's just your individual problem mm, yeah it's very uh it's it, that in itself is an issue yeah you're right it, it goes back to how i started this that i said that it's easy to blame um, the lazy option is to just blame individuals. But um, if you really care, if we really care about uh, our ummah, we care about each other, we wouldn't do or say things like what that guy said. Because you, you just have to think when you, because it's interesting, you, you hear that. And um, let's say for balance purposes, let's say women may do the same thing. The question is, listening to what does it achieve? It achieves, mm -hmm. all it achieves is fitna and argument and hatred amongst Muslims, Muslim men and women, whereas we're supposed to be, you know, one body and there's supposed to be love and compassion. So when a Muslim, and you're going to find this, and this is, I'd really urge all, uh, um, because I, this is one example, you hear other Muslims attacking Muslims, um, or, you know, okay, we're being specific and attacking women. We shouldn't listen to these people. We should actually, if we're going to listen to them, then we should contact them and say, bring, account them. So why are you doing this? you shouldn't be doing advise them send them hadith send them either that this is wrong and you should stop it and for sure don't join their courses and when they try to sell you products on because you know <laughs> this is a the, the new business model isn't it create hatred create attention you're so this guy he's going to get attention he's going to get men who are finding it hard to get married or they might be divorced or they've their girlfriend broke up with them and he's going to say to them oh do my course i'll help you understand this that's the game yeah. they're playing they're not uh, their sincerity has to be questioned because they're causing so much trouble amongst muslims yeah and it's it, the reality of the matter is that for men who are attracted this sort of, to this sort of discourse there is an underlying um disregard for women i mean it's so interesting because i feel like in this sort of space of the opera <laughs> muslim mm. men um, you have these men who are so, and oftentimes rightly, outraged by what feminism has done to mm -hmm. the community, right? right? But actually in their behavior and in their portrayal of women, all they do is push more women towards feminism because it's this dehumanization of women that mm. other women react to negatively. And then they think, well, how can I fight back against this? And then you're creating and adding to the problem that you're trying to solve in the beginning. <laughs> you know? yeah, so it's it. a very circular problem here. Yeah. And the thing is that we, it's easy to, you know, let's say you, you read a, a, um, a Twitter thing or by some these ideas, it's easy to just react and Twitter back. And the thing is, what I would say to you is don't do that. That's exactly what they want. Yeah. They thrive on attention. Online, people want attention. And so the best thing is you just cut them at their, cut them off. Don't give them the oxygen. Don't, um, like, I, it's really weird how sometimes people would send me DMs of uh, nonsense, un-Islamic nonsense like this. And they'll say, oh, have you seen this? And then before I would have reacted and said and passed it on. Now I think, no, we need to shut it down. That's what we need to yeah. do. Um, don't DM it like, and, and, and the thing is that, so now this is, this is what we can do is we talk, if we don't want our sons to turn into people like that, or our daughters to, you know, face these problems, we need to talk to the people who will actually listen to us. Um, I know sometimes your sons and daughters can actually not listen to you, but you should have to give it a go. Uh, that that's who you have to concentrate on, and also think about ourselves. What ide alien ideas have we adopted that are causing us problems? Yeah, 
absolutely and i think it's sad to say that even even with um this sort of rhetoric and even with everything that's going on um in in what sort of this, this sort of epidemic if you like um that's occurring in our community of women getting older and not getting married um i'm finding that there's a lot of uh people who are experiencing a lot of hopelessness mm. um and a lot of women who then will listen to something like this especially because in this conversation it's not like he's offering any solutions to those women that he's yes sort of sneering at you know mm. he's saying you're this you're 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 that you're 35 and nobody's gonna marry you and why should men and why should muslim men saddle themselves with you yeah and then his whole solution at the end of this is get married before 35 <laughs> yeah. and so then what as a muslim woman hearing this who is at that age or who's who's in her 40s or whatever the situation might be uh, what are you to take away from this you know mm, yeah. and um and i think oftentimes people take away that hopelessness and i think what's really important for us to just remind everyone is that ultimately you do what you can in terms of educating yourself and in terms of sort of deprogramming a lot of these feminist values that you might have subconsciously uh, soaked up in your life and that's you tying your camel as well as putting yourself out there uh, in whatever halal means are possible uh, but then after that you leave it to God because Allah mm. Taala does not forsake you um, and he, what is meant for you will come to you and so this patience that we need to have um, as Muslims will be rewarded one way or another you mm. know and it's just really important for us to even though it is even though having children and having a family might be really important to us it's also just really important to center ourselves and remind ourselves that actually this life is temporary and the real goals of this life and this world aren't necessarily those things you know those things are are means by which to grow closer to Allah but if they're not afforded to you then there are other means to reach a state of contentedness in life mm -hmm. that was that was a lovely ending alhamdulillah and uh, you know i'm gonna again i think we should all need to do have more compassion and do dua for each other that you know um, yeah. but all the sisters who do want you know who would like to get married may Allah make that path easy for them inshallah you know and may you all get good islamically minded husbands if that's what Allah is best for you wants for you inshallah okay mm. then so um yeah you're gonna have to come on again <laughs> inshallah, <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> okay then all right take care have a lovely day for us today inshallah assalamualaikum could you do with some relationship advice? If so, then you need to sign up to my newsletter at smartmuslima.com and I will send you my ebook called Learn Your Love Languages. It teaches you how to communicate better with your loved ones. So there's no reason to wait. Sign up to my newsletter today, inshallah.